welcome to this edition of the KYR Podcast. Uh, as always, I'm Paul Del Rio, your Communications Director. Joining me is Richard Wilson, our Government Affairs Director here at KYR. Hello, folks. And joining us via Zoom today is KYR General Counsel, Jason Vaughn, joining us from Louisville. Thanks for being with us, Jason. Oh, thank you. I'm looking forward to it. Great. Now, Jason, before we went much further, I do want to tell our listeners that this podcast is brought to you by the Realtor Summit 2021. This will be held August 26, 2021 at the UofL Event and Conference Center at the Founders Union Building. It's open to all agents and brokers. This is a combination of our two popular summits with a focus still being on brokers. With a rapidly changing market, it's important to adapt and adopt in order to give yourself a competitive edge. KRI strives to offer the most essential and current information on industry issues and trends to help you prosper. This summit will offer national speakers and discussion sessions to help keep you on top of your game. Connect with the best in the industry, find answers to your questions, and improve your business immediately. Now is the time to further your real estate knowledge base. Check out the Realtor Summit 2021 at kyrealtorinstitute.com. Again, that's August 26th. Now, Jason, we appreciate you giving us a little legal update here. There's always lots of stuff to talk about, and every once in a while, important changes. And this change, uh, I think, happened last year, if I remember correctly, um, and it is to Article 10 of the National Association of Realtor Code of Ethics. And that Article 10 deals with realtors and discrimination. Uh, Can you give us a little bit uh, more about what Article 10 is and what the changes are? Yeah, so the first thing is Article 10 is generally an anti-discrimination provision. And it says that realtors shall not deny equal professional services to any person for reasons of race, color, religion, sex, handicap, familial status, national origin, sexual orientation, or gender identity. And they shall not be parties to any plan or agreement to discriminate against such persons. Um, And that's primarily what it's at. It's trying to make sure that we are equal opportunity when it comes to our clientele, to the people that are trying to buy or sell property or buy or lease property. And we wanna make sure that in no way are we scaring them off or or not letting them participate in real estate. Sure. And you mentioned those, uh, you know, all those groups, those are, if I'm right, Correct me if I'm wrong, those are the protected classes, right? That's right. You often hear them referred to as protected classes. It's a common uh, term. It's also used when we're talking about constitutional law in the legal setting, you'll hear about protected classes. And essentially that means if the thing that's being said or done is against a person that would fall into one of those groups, um, or or the, the thing that you're saying or doing is based upon them falling into one of those groups, uh, you could have a problem. So give me a classic example. We're talking about Article 10 is I can exclude all of the um, Western Kentucky fans, let's say, that I want to because I went to UK and UofL. They are not a protected class. So if I say I don't want any hilltoppers coming and looking at my property, while it may be silly because they may limit the number of people that are visiting my property, that's fine. They're not a protected class. However, if I say I don't want uh, anybody from uh, Ireland to come see my property, um, that would be problematic because they have they are a protected class. That's national origin. So it's very key to understand seller. You can discriminate, but you can't discriminate if they fall into one of those groups. Gotcha. Now, so oh, go ahead, Richard. No, no, no. I, I was going to say so. We've added uh, to this. That seems very comprehensive you can't 
you can't uh, discriminate, you can't keep someone from looking at a property based on these protected classes. So we've added this 10.5 and it looks like it's a standard of practice, uh, 10.5. Why is that, why did that even come up? Who, who and why did they think this was necessary to add this 10.5? Well, and, and it's interesting. Let me first, before I get to that question, let me just address one thing about your question. You did a good job of pointing out the difference between an article and a standard of practice. So an article is the general concept. That means that's what, if you were filing a complaint against somebody in um, the code of, based on the code of ethics and you were a realtor, you would have to cite which article you think they violated. So if you thought somebody discriminated against somebody in the protected class, you would say article 10. Now, the standards of practice are more of a way of explaining Article 10 than they are a violation in and of themselves. So what they're really saying is, hey, we think if you do this, you are violating Article 10. So Article 10.5 kind of gives an explanation of what they consider, the NAR considers to be a violation of Article 10. And what it says is that realtors must not use harassing speech, hate speech, epithets or slurs based on race, color, religion, sex, handicap, familial status, national origin, sexual orientation, or gender identity. That's just repeating the protected classes that were mentioned in Article 10. Now, the thing that makes this unique and was a big change, and you're right, it was enacted in uh, November of last year, is that arguably, if somebody came at you and said, hey, you know, Mr. Realtor or Mrs. Realtor, you you said you did something to discriminate um, while you were acting as a realtor. That's generally when Article 10 would take effect. However, they have expanded that. So in essence, Article 10.5 says that you can't do anything to discriminate. You can't even talk uh, discriminatory language, essentially, um, at any time, in any forum meaning that you can't take your realtor hat off, so to speak. So for example, it was always understood that you could not discriminate, let's say on your realtor Facebook page or your realtor website. But a lot of people for, I say a lot of people, some people would go on to their private Facebook pages or private Twitter or, or private things. And they might make a statement that otherwise might be considered discriminatory. And the NAR came out and said, no, we don't want you to do this um, and we're going to put language in our code of ethics that says if you do do this it's going to be considered a violation and you're going to be subject to um, uh, penalties or discipline as a result of your violating that standard of practice or that article gotcha so jason that was, that was a really good explanation uh of of article 10 there and an example uh, of a violation, but my question is why now? Why why did NAR go go to where where we are now? Well, it, you know, one of the things that I think has happened technologically wise is we re we now realize that you can't pick your forum, so to speak, that you that you want to be heard, and then other ones claim I don't want to be heard in that one. Right. We are all in this social networking society. And so the quote I read is that you can't be a good guy on your realtor page and a troll on your private page. Um, whatever, you know, troll is, I think that's the internet term to somebody that's kind of harassing other people. 
And they say, we don't want to do that. And, and the reason we don't want to do that is because even if it's not your official page, if they know you're a realtor and they do, um, and you're doing these kind of things, it's going to have the effect of discrimination. Um, now, if you're in a private conversation or something, maybe you can make some arguments, but if you're posting things out there or saying things out there in forums um, that are clearly discriminatory, you know, they say, hey, this is going to affect the general public. And I say this because let's think about how a realtor typically finds clients. While that may be advertising, you know, it's also standing at a cocktail party or down at the boat docks or, you know, at the softball game. And it's not like they take their realtor hat off. It's on all the time and they're always working. So if even though you may say, well, hey, this isn't an official statement by me as a realtor, what they're saying is, hey, we all know you're a realtor. We all know that you represent us and you can't go around acting this way. And, you know, I kind of want to give you an example if I can, sure, sure. one that I did in our professional standards course. And that was, imagine this, imagine Ron, Ronnie the realtor posts on Facebook the following. And this is not me saying this, this is the imaginary Ronnie the realtor. And he says, I'm tired of dealing with whiny single women and their annoying brats. And then there's a picture next to his post of let's say an opossum with little baby opossums hanging on there. Well, obviously nothing in that post references real estate. Nothing in that post references the fact other than that Ronnie is a realtor identified there. Other than that, there's nothing that Ronnie is talking inherently related to real estate or his job as a realtor. But there's some warning signs in there that we should be aware of. So first of all, again, the quote was, I am tired of dealing with whiny single women and their annoying brats. So the warning signs. Well, obviously one of the protected classes is being discussed and that is sex slash gender. A person is being identified based upon that. And that is the mother is being identified based upon her sex. One of the other protected classes is familial status. So obviously, again, that's there. The familial status is a single mother with children. So you now have two protected classes that are being discussed. Now, the next question is, is it harassment or hate speech? Well, it's not directed at a particular person. So arguably you might say, well, it's not harassment. I don't really know if it rises to hate speech, but there is one clear one, and that is an epithet. And an epithet is an adjective or a descriptive phrase expressing a quality characteristic of the person or thing mentioned. So instead of saying single women and their, uh, and their children, what he says is single women and their annoying brats. That's an epithet. And as a result of that, there's really no question that that falls under new Article 10.5. Now, to go back to your point, Richard, looking at that example, you said, well, why do they do this? Well, imagine there's four realtors in a small town in, let's say, Eastern Kentucky or Western Kentucky. And one of those realtors posts this and the other three realtors like it and think it's funny. If you're a single woman in that town, would you feel comfortable working with any of those four realtors? And if not, are you essentially being forced out of one of the most important things in our in our country, which is home ownership, leasing property, what have you. So that's the point is that, 
you may not realize your audience that you're turning away your audience or you're turning away your audience from realtors, but you are. And there's a real inherent danger in that, a danger both to us as a, to realtors as a professionals and their ability to sell property and buy property and you know what have you, but also to our country as a whole, because anytime somebody is excluded from the right to own property or buy property or lease property, that hurts our country and it hurts our industry. Yeah, that makes sense. <clears throat> now, as uh, preparing for this call, I looked up uh, kind of what these changes uh, were on the NAR website, and they had a quote up there from the uh, National Association of Realtors Professional Standards Committee. And they essentially said what you just said is that realtor speech and conduct reflect on the realtor organization, whether said publicly uh, or privately, uh, and that realtors should be guided by the spirit of the golden rule. Uh, when you pledge by the code of ethics, uh, it should be, uh, you cannot abandon that in a profession dedicated to protecting the best interest of consumers. And that makes sense. And it, it it's not too far a cry from folks that are being called to task for things that they do or say when they work for a private organization, whether it, it has happened in relation to their, their role at that organization, uh, a lot of times if it's serious or it goes viral or whatever, that kind of thing, the company is forced to take action so as not to be or appear complicit in whatever behavior that person decided to do. And it sounds like, you know, the, the NAR has, has kind of recognized that any kind of behavior like that that is going to appear discriminatory or exclusive of a protected class is going to reflect poorly on everyone that that serves that organization. Yeah, no, and I agree. And, and, you know, I think one of the things that's good, take out of the enforcement side of it, just imagine it wasn't enforcing it. I think the rule in of itself is a reminder to realtors, hey, what you say and how you act matters. And it reflects upon the organization, it reflects upon your fellow realtors, and it has an effect on the general public as a whole. And, you know, be conscious of it. So it's not just, you know, a sign on the road that says 55. It's a sign saying, hey, slow down. We, we want to make sure that everybody's safe, that everybody gets to where they're going. And if you use that analogy, hey, if you're flying through that sign too fast, you're going to hurt somebody and or you're going to hurt yourself. So whether a cop pulls you over or you run into something, whatever happens, and that's what this is really saying. It's like, watch out. You can't say these things anymore because people identify you with Realtor as the brand, as a national association. And the association works really hard to distinguish itself in a professional manner. And in a manner, Paul, exactly like you said, is you know following the golden rule. When you hire a realtor in Kentucky, it should be, they should live to the same level and standards as a realtor in California, Maine, Florida. That's what makes our economy move. And that's why realtors are such an important part of the land transaction business, so to speak, because we have a code of ethics that we follow. We have a idea that we should treat everybody fairly. And uh, we want to make sure that the public understands that and isn't scared away. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. Jason, uh, how far back can can these violations go? Let's say, like, yeah, just an example here. You know, Joe the realtor has a Facebook post or Twitter post five years ago. Uh, can can that be, um, I guess, brought up now uh, under Article Ten? And also, what what are the penalties 
for, for a violation? Okay, well, that, that's a good question. Let me, let me first start with whether it can be brought up um, now. And the answer is I can't give you the 100% answer <laughs> yeah. because it's relatively new now. And it also talks about how it's brought up. So let's say that you make a joke um, about, again, this, this joke that's made by Ronnie the realtor. So you make a joke like that, but you did it six years ago. Well, the argument would be, you know, should I be still liable for what I said six years ago before this rule was in place? And I think the general idea would be, no, you're probably not. So we're probably moving forward. But if you retweet what you said six years ago, or you start saying, well, I said it six years ago, but I just included it in a new one or, or what have you, then I think you start getting in trouble. And if it was me personally, if I could, if I could go back into my Facebook, into my Twitter, which you can go back in there and delete what I could would consider offensive things, I would do it whether or not it can be enforced against me just to make sure that people looking through my thing aren't scared away. You know, there's a lot of times we say things, you know, there were jokes 15, 20 years ago that people laughed at. Um, and now if you said them, people would be shocked and horrified that you're saying it. So times change. And I think if we should think about, hey, maybe I should go back and look and make sure I'm not scaring off people. If for no other reason, that may be a great client that looks back and sees something that you say that's really offensive, and at least to them. And, you know, so I would say, can you get in trouble for what you said in the past? Probably not. Uh, I, don't, I wouldn't recommend that to a ethics panel if they were looking at it. But if you keep, if you start repeating it or re-showing it again over and over again, then I think you may have some trouble. Gotcha. Yeah, the second part of the question is the penalty. Sorry, Richard. So there are a couple ones that you can get for this. You can get a letter of warning, a letter of reprimand. Uh, you can have to take education courses. You can have a fine not to exceed $15,000, probation for one year or less, Suspension for not less than 30 days, nor more than one year. Uh, expulsion from membership for a period of one to three years. Um, suspension or termination of your MLS privileges. And an administrating pro administrative processing fee, which I think can't exceed $500. So there are real financial effects, uh, both right out of the pocket and also, hey, you can't run your business like you did before. And ultimately it could mean you can't be a realtor. So I think people need to be aware of that when they're saying these things or posting these things in a public forum. And, and who makes that determination? So what would happen is let's imagine that somebody sees Ronnie the Realtor's post. Anybody, not just somebody that's offended, anybody could file a complaint with the ethics panel. Um, and it would go to the grievance committee with the Kentucky Realtors. That's where they would file the complaint. And then what it would end up happening is it would be heard initially by the grievance panel to see if, hey, this is a real viable action. Assuming that it is, it would then be heard by a panel, um, a professional standards panel, and they would have testimony and they would review documents and what have you. And they would be the one that would be imposing the penalty. Now the penalty, this is important to note though, this only applies, this code only applies to realtors. So a lot of people that sell property in the state, I say a lot, it's actually a small majority compared to realtors, but there are people that sell property in the state that are obviously just real estate agents and not realtors. This, this code of ethics would not apply to them. And this is a panel 
made up of realtors, correct? Yeah, everyone that serves on the professional standards panel is a realtor. And I also wanna make sure that we dif differentiate the Kentucky Realtors versus the Kentucky Real Estate Commission. The Kentucky Realtors is a trade organization that is designed essentially to advance real estate and what have you, but it's private sector. It has nothing to do with the government. The Kentucky Real Estate Commission has a separate set of rules and things that it follows. That's universal to all licensees in the state, all licensees that hold a real estate license, but that is completely separate from the Kentucky Realtors. And it does general, it does not have a code of ethics per se, like the, like the uh, Kentucky Realtors do. Very good. Well, Jason, this has been enlightening. We appreciate your time today. This is an important change. I remember a lot of folks talking about this back in November, but we were, of course, in uh, a little bit in uh, in COVID land uh, at that point. Uh, and so this is definitely something to talk about. Um, it'll be interesting to see as time marches on uh, what examples surface and, and kind of what, uh, what case studies we can kind of gather from this. So um, we appreciate your time today. And I want to remind all our listeners who are realtors, that Jason Vaughn is a legal counsel for KYR and as a member benefit, you have direct access to him through our legal hotline. You can access that by visiting our website at kyrealtors.com and submit your uh, questions via the website and uh, you can get an expert opinion there on how to proceed. So take care, Paul, Richard, thank you. And uh, best of luck. Absolutely, thanks. Thank you.